Generation Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WVON AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it. WVON. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Each and every Friday, we are here from 6 until 9. We're streaming live at WVON.com. We are also a part of the iHeartRadio family, so big shout to all of you who are listening live on the web at WVON.com as well as on iHeartRadio. And let me not forget... You can also check us out live on Facebook, Facebook Live at The Kendall Moore Show, and on my website, thekendallmoreshow.com. Hello, Chicago, and all of you who are checking in across the nation. Big shout out to my, my people out in Mississippi. I was on a conference call with them a couple of days ago. Valerie and Sharon, those are my Mississippi girls. Big shout <laughs> to you ladies. I really appreciate the conversation. And they, they gave, you know, I was on a conference call with them, and they were like, Kendall, you know, we listen to you in Mississippi. I was like, oh, that yes. is so sweet. I will be sure to say hello to them. Shout so, out to Mississippi. Shout out yep. to Mississippi and uh, all of those good folks who check in with us across the nation. All right, so as we normally start, big shout. Hey, Robin. Hey, how y'all doing? All right. We've been good. How you been? All right. <laughs> <laughs> was, was I especially chipper there? You staying, you staying woke back there? Your shirt says stay woke. Stay woke. I am very woke. Thank you very much. Are, <laughs> are you woke? Are you warm? Because yes, it's right. warm as hell oh, in the studio. Yeah. It is very hot. I do have my uh, little contraption back here, but I got to turn it off when I turn the mic on. Oh, okay. Because yeah. it's really loud. Okay, well, let me let you hear me up and be quiet so you can turn your mic back Because <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. You are in the hot box. I am in yes. the hot box, yes. Yeah, it is. Always good seeing you, Y'all Robin. too. Beautiful weekend bring to the you. Fire. All righty, thank yeah. you so very much. What's that? Will in the what building. Up, up? So dope, Sandy. Hey, hey, hey. Now the Beretta. Brrr. Of course, Fire Naya. Hey, baby. And of course, the Eye himself. They self. Isaiah. Isaiah the Eye. The Eye. I'm I'm still trying to get used to that. All right, folks. So we have a lot to divulge and discuss here this evening. The world is ablaze. Mm-hmm. I mean, how else, what else do you say? How else do we convey this to the, the listening audience? I mean, the, fed, the feds are here. Uh-huh. 
Lori Lightfoot done took down took Christopher down. Columbus. Yep. Yep. Big shout, Mayor Lightfoot. Yes. I am not mad at her yes. at all. Yes. In, in the party early outside morning of her house. Like, now. she did her thing. Yeah. But I, but remember when uh, Mansfield got destroyed in the middle of the night, you know, without any permission and all of that mm. other stuff? Yeah. Big shout, uh, Mayor Life. But I am not mad. Well, you know you like her, too. So yeah. I'm, I see yeah. you smiling and all that, nothing. man. You like Lori Life, man. I ain't man. saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really, straight up. And she's been doing a fantastic job. I mean, I even agree. with her conversations with regards to uh, President Trump sending those feds in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you two cents on that real quick. And I, you know what? Honestly, I do. I agree that the feds are here. And let me tell you why, why I agree that they are here. And people probably say, Kendall, I cannot believe you're saying that. The reason that I am saying that, if they are here to help quell the violence that is taking place in black and brown communities, because black people do not seem to know how to police them their own selves right now. Hmm. We won't tell on the people, on the shooters. Right. Uh, we're harboring and we are, uh, uh, you know, we're right along. We, right. We're compl- some of us are complicit with the things that are going on. So if it takes federal agents to come in to help quell babies being killed, innocent women being killed, mm-hmm. the elderly being killed, I am perfectly fine with that as long as that is what their job is. Now, right. Messing with peaceful protesters or getting in business that's, that that has nothing to do with them, right. then I'm against it. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, because we have so many crooked police officers that are out here, we need to face somebody who somebody to police the to, police. To, something because Someone's the poli- independent. So, right. You have to police the police, and so I, I promise I wasn't going to get on this whole tangent, uh, but I'm I'm on it already. It. So uh, just like what happened over here at the funeral, I mean, at the with the funeral with the 15 people being shot, mm-hmm. and then a report comes across my desk that. The police were complicit in non-acting when they knew that this was going to happen. Mm. And they, you, it, it was a recording, literally a recording that stated, let them, let them do it. Mm-hmm. Let them do it. Like, these are the people who, are, who have sworn to serve and protect us. Right. When you have a police, uh, what, what do they call it, Will? The, the president of the police union? The uh, fraternal order. The police. fraternal order police, uh, you know, t- t- telling his his people to stand down. to stand down yeah. and doing it openly yeah. like it's not even a secret. Yeah, I have a problem with that. So absolutely, the feds should be here and they should be in our communities. You, you know, yeah. trying to right. get get but some. But they of just can't have free reign. No, they're right. not going to have like, free reign. No, 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 no. Absolutely Which, not. Yeah, the mayor has said that will not be the case. And and again, big shout to Lori Lightfoot for that as well. I, I mean, real talk. I I am uh, I'm becoming more and more of a um, an advocate as well as mm-hmm. you know I'm 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 rocking with her right now. Right. I'm trying to understand why people outside of her house. Yeah, I saw that. What is what is that about? Yeah, you know, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I saw that. And, and I'm like, you know, we didn't stand outside the last mayor's house. We stood out there uh, the last election or something. Yeah, people were outside of Ron's house. Yeah. But they weren't out there like that. Why are we coming over there? Are they... Are they just trying to disrupt her? No, here's the thing. And when we return, first of all, folks, when we return, uh, I got uh, my girl is on the live line, nuisance from uh, Psychodrama, Miss Corinne. She's on. She's on. uh, We're going to be discussing what is going on in these streets. When you when you hear VON, you get all these experts. All they do is pontificate, and you know, call me, cuss me out. You can say what you want to say about me, but I know for a fact. All they do is come in, sit in these seats, and try to act like they are experts. You won't see them in the middle of the street, in the middle of the night, trying to break up any gunfight, 
trying to save anybody who's hungry. But, you know, all they just seem, all they do is talk about it. My girl, Nuisance, is here. Uh, when we return, uh, she has a very interesting perspective that I want people to hear. And then, Will, we want to pick back up that other conversation with regards to uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the people being outside of her house. And here's the thing. The same way the Fraternal of, uh, Order of Police, um, when he, uh, you know, put in uh, uh, for Kim Fox saying no confidence. Right, right. Then he sends this letter um, on behalf, you of know, usurps yeah. the, the, the mayor and sends it to Trump. Right. They're not, they're not respecting our sisters. Mm-hmm. And that is a problem for me. Right, right. Every time that happened, everybody and their mama should be out there protesting and walking the block. And as soon as those protesters got outside their sister's house, everybody and their mama should have been out there protecting her. Mm-hmm. We hustling backwards. It's Kendall Moore Show. Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the next generation. W-V-O-N, <coughs> excuse me, WVON.com, 591-1690, that is the number to connect. All right, 15 people got shot earlier this week at a Chicago funeral, um, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk here at WVON and across the nation. I, even uh, President Trump had words to say. <clears throat> the feds are in town, uh, related to it, etc. 15 people were shot Tuesday evening. It was a retaliatory attack at a funeral for a rival gang member on the city's south side. It was the, the incident was the city's largest mass shooting in recent memory. Joining me now on the live line, good friend of mine, Sister Nuisance, queen of the west side, rap. Uh, she was doing her thing. You know, Nuisance, uh, this morning I woke up as I was going through the news feed, and nuisance, uh, just for the, for for you guys know, uh, is part of the was part of the group, founding member of the group uh, Cycle Drama, based here in the city of Chicago. Very successful uh, group uh, on the west side. Nuisance uh, put a post out that had one it made a lot of sense, uh, and and secondly it you know it had thousands of views. So of course I reached out like nuisance. I need to hear what you need to say this to the people at VON because she has a completely different. Uh, take on what needs to be done. Sister Nuisance, how are you, Queen? Hey, Kendall. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Not at all. Always, always. You know you always have a seat at the table with me, for sure, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you're literally one of the only people um, in radio or any type of media that will call me and every time I say yes. I, right. So I, I, I love it. I love it that you love it, and I really I am very grateful for you always being uh, available for comment with me. Sister Nuisance, uh, your post, uh, please get into it. And I tried to set it up for the VON listeners about, you know, the shootings that are taking place uh, here in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. There's a string of carjackings that are taking place, like 15 in one day, et cetera. Uh, so I'll turn it over to you and give, you let, give, give the VON listening audience your perspective on this. 
Okay, thanks for giving me that. Um, hello, audience. Thanks for having me. As Kendall said, my name is New Sense, N-E-W-S-E-N-S-E. I am one of the founding members out of three of the uh, rap root cycle drama. I do a lot of things. I'm also a Reiki master, youth development practitioner, but more so a music publisher. Um, however, in regards to um, what is happening on the streets of Chicago, I am also a vice lord and I'm a powerful one at that. It's nothing that I deny or denounce, you know, because I came in at a time when it was pretty much we were doing good things. Like, even though other things that happened, there was a balance. And that's what I was talking about in the post. Um, The post was pretty much about as gang members, even former gang members or gang members that don't practice anymore but still respect where they came from, uh, because gangs ain't always about streets. It's really about the organizational part of it. I wanted to give a message to them because um, I see oftentimes we have, uh, okay, it's the city's problem. It's systemic racism. It's um, some, and in some cases, it's white people dressed in black masks coming to agitate, or either it's, it's this, it's that. And, yes, are these things happening? Yes. Do police come in the neighborhood and agitate things? Yes. Do white people in black states come in and agitate? Yes. However, there's still a portion that we're not talking about. We're, and, and I wanted to address that because, Kendall, you know me, I like to step right into the fire. Yep. I, I must be a phoenix or something. I, I just like to step right in it. I don't call myself an activist like everybody calls me. I call myself an actionist. I like to take action and then just tell people, look, this is what I'm doing. If you in, you in, or you out, you out. But this is going on, and I'm moving. And so I'm not really an organizer or anything like that. And so um, in regards to uh, the gang, gang bangers on the streets, like, we wrote the code to how to have discipline and structure on the streets, right? So it really, it, I wanted to make sure I stayed in my wheelhouse of control. Like, I can't control which uh, racist officer that's going to put on a black mask and come agitate some shit, have them think, I mean, I apologize, have agitate some stuff and have the neighborhood thinking it's other black people. Then I, I can't control that. I don't know where to start. But what I can control is my wheelhouse. And my wheelhouse as a person that's been involved in Chicago in totality, whether it was entertainment, the streets, politics, radio, everything you can name in Chicago, I've pretty much been involved in it. And so um, as someone who has a type of reach and all of that, I wanted to just put the message across that we knew the solution because we did it effortlessly and naturally when there was money on the street. And so, and through the crime bill, money was taken off the streets. And when money was taken off the streets, because criminals going to be criminals, it just scattered the energy into regular people. The money was on the streets. You knew where to go if you wanted to be on BS because you was a part of the game. You're in the game. That's what it is. Sometimes you can have this major gang leader. He gets shot and killed. You love him. You cry him. But at the end of the day, you'd be like, man, but, he was still involved in such and such. So, man, one day everybody knew, you know. So it was a part of the game you understood. But when you start, and then what's crazy is, like, when money was on the streets, you didn't allow a whole carjacking ring 
of kids to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, because they will mess up your money. They will have a block hot. The police will be everywhere. You yep. can't make your money. So you got everybody watching. Like, hey, when you see them short, hey, find out who that is. And it was about the money. Mm-hmm. So my message, it, it's so many parts to that. Like, even with prostitution, if people notice when when they broke, uh, when, uh, when prostitution pretty much got dismantled off the street, the rise of, uh, what do you call it, when, when they just steal people now. They just steal you and sell you, mm-hmm. sex trafficking. trafficking. You know what I'm saying? So even though trafficking always been there, to think about how the rise of trafficking happened once it was taken off the streets. Mm-hmm. So the streets had its own little world. And when you participated in it, you participated in it. So, but when we had money, we didn't allow stuff like random shooting. We didn't allow stuff like that. You can't get into it on one block without telling somebody you went to it over there because now you got the whole gang into it and it could compromise. So now we got to mediate, right? Mm-hmm. And then in the same respect, even though you were getting money on the block, what you was doing, you was helping build the block back up. Mm-hmm. It was people on the blocks that, to be honest, kind of looked out for you, you looked out for them, they the neighborhood people. So now they the ones that are watching out for the kids. They the ones that feeding the kids that ain't got no food. They the ones that's making sure this and that. You know what I'm saying? There was mm-hmm. a certain rhythm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all bad. But now there's nothing because of this smart ass crime bill. You know what I'm saying? Where everybody thinks they know everything. And so um they they took away the structure. But what happened was when they start locking all the cheese and heads up, a lot of us, we didn't stick to the structure that we already knew. Gotcha. So it was up to us, and that's when the ball dropped, when we didn't stick to what we learned. Nuisance, stay right there, folks. We return in a second. Nuisance is on the line. We'll take calls when we return. Kendall. Getting you from your work week to your weekend, it's Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation. back folks hey i want to remind you guys earlier this week one of our partners here at the kendall moore show milan boutique they announced their annual summer sale with many items that were marked down over 70 percent all right so this weekend they are offering all of my listeners an additional 10 percent off using the code lit crew at checkout that's l-i-t-c-r-e-w at checkout and for those who are not familiar milan boutique is a black on black owned online jewelry uh, boutique that offers a large variety of necklaces earrings bracelets and rings all of the items are hand-picked and nothing like you will find in a store so make sure that you check out milan boutique triple w milan boutique and get you something don't miss the additional savings this weekend with the code. And the people sitting across the table from me, it's the Lit Crew. Mm-hmm. Lit Crew. Thank the Lit Crew for this uh, 10% <laughs> off. All right, Nuisance, thank you so very much. We really appreciate you hanging in there with us. 
uh, Queen, you were talking, uh, you know, really talking street. And, again, what I was sharing with the WVON listening audience is what we really need to hear. So thank you for being here. Um, go ahead. Thank you. Um, and yeah, and just to bring it around to the major point that I was making on, because it seemed like we lost a sense of how to control the streets, right? Because there was, even though there was murders, it was like you kind of got who you were going to get, you know what I'm saying, that kind of thing. And so, um, and so we want to... Not to say get back to doing crime right, but that's what I'm saying, getting back to doing crime right. You want to take control of your streets, and because we laid the blueprint, I wanted to be able to try to shift individuals' consciousness into a different way of thinking. And so what I was telling everyone is pretty much since we keep looking at our children like they're children, there's something about us that disconnects from what's going on outside. So if we have to, let's just look at our children like they street money. What would we have done back then if that child had got shot when we was making street money? How would we have responded if that would have cut into our money when this three-year-old kid or this two-year-old kid or anybody, somebody's grandmother, somebody's grandfather, anybody that don't have anything to do with isolated street stuff? How how do we respond when that happens? I just know when I was an active member of an organization, we did not tolerate that type of behavior. We would hunt you down. We would beat your ass till you couldn't breathe anymore and drop you off at the police station and say, here's the guy that shot that baby, put him under the jail. Yeah. And it was some cases where we would tell the police, look, if you find them before we do, please let them get a hold of us first. Because we know y'all can't do what that person deserves for what they did. Mm. But we can. And there was a relationship there. And so now uh, somehow in the game, because of the crime bill, they made it afraid to have relationships with the police. But the relationships is really what helped with the control. Yeah. Because now you know, they got a certain level of respect for what you're saying because they don't know who the hell you're talking about. They don't know. They're just doing their job. But insight helps. You don't trick street stuff, face street stuff. But the minute you cross the line and you do somebody grandmommy in, and we'd have found out you done tied some couple up in the house, all bets are mm. off because you done blew the whole game up. Yeah. Now the block high. Police everywhere trying to figure out who did what. We did all of that for street money, but we won't do it in regards to our babies. And that was the point I was trying to bring home. We know the formula. We know we're supposed to be out there serving some street justice on a couple of people's sons and daughters. Like, for real. I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. No, I feel it just is what it is. Certain things people doing, we know. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, like, I have been away from home for uh, four months because I'm really trying to be used to not living in Chicago. My brain has been here in Iowa for the last, I mean, it's been in Chicago the last three years I've been here in Iowa. My son asked me to take him out of Chicago, so I did. Otherwise, I probably never would have left. And so I looked in his face. I knew it was real. And so I've been going back and forth, back and forth home this entire time. Never sat my tail down. Sat down for four months. God kept saying, just learn how to live in Iowa. Chicago ain't going to forget you. You're not going to forget Chicago. Just learn how to be where you at. Get your head out of there. 
I had a cousin that had a mental health crisis. He was, nobody would help him. I said, I got this. I rented a car. He came here. I rented a car, drove the car back to Iowa within five, five hours. Of, I mean, drove him back to Chicago, got him, made sure he got in the facility, got the help he needed. Within five hours I was there, I was carjacked for my rental car. Mm. Sitting outside of my cousin's house a block away from where I used to live and built a farm. Now, I have no clue who this person is. I wish I did because, like I said, street justice. Yeah, I wouldn't wait yeah. for no police. Because yeah. now, and then come to find out, they, have, they keep talking about this south side carjacking ring. It's the one on the west side just like it. Yeah. That hit the area between Christiana and, uh, and Spalding between Roosevelt and 16th Street. And, and the woman that they got from the same spot the day after me, they drug her down the street. But I believe that the person that was walking toward me, because he started off aggressive when he's gone out, but I was under the light. I believe when he saw my face, because he, he started that, I believe he recognized me like, oh, shit, that's the lady that built the farm down the street. That's the lady that worked at every single youth center in this community. Yeah. I know her. She taught me before. Mm. That's what it felt like. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't recognize his face, but I felt his energy. I felt like he was my son. And so... And the exchange was very simple. I said, here, take the shit. And I threw the car keys. I always keep a fanny pack. He didn't see it. And so I backed up, and I, I walked away with all my IDs, my money, because I had on the fanny pack. But at the end of the day, kind of found out everybody knows who these kids are. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, and that's it right there. Everybody. Everybody. We, and, and, that's yeah. what, and that's what we're – even when we talk about the police who were complicit in what happened and what occurred as well. Netta has shot me the report that, you know, hey, the police knew what was going on. They slid down like, hey, let them do it, and we, we'll just we'll, we'll get it afterwards. I've got to bring this up about the police. now. And remember, in 2007, three Chicago police officers killed my son's father, who was, who was my fiancé at the time. His death was the first case under IPRA. I should have some kind of beef with the police, but I really don't. I believe right now, and I'm not giving them no passes for the, the, the other crap to be on, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But right now they're caught up because they also know their job. Okay, they know what they should and they shouldn't do. But a part of their job is to properly close a case, right? And so, if you have a carjacking ring, that means it's more—it's a certain amount of people. It's not just one person. So, if all you can do is identify three out of eight, that means there's five more running around that's going to intimidate yeah. and or kill witnesses. Yep. So, when you get to the part where the community has to identify the offenders or point out, that's where it shuts down. So I don't want to say the police not doing their job. Sometimes they get tired because they know the drill. I they know that. the drill. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like I, I, I want to be able to bring this to a close. I want to get to a mean point. I don't want to keep talking about who's doing what wrong because the problem is so multifaceted. I just wish everybody would get in their wheelhouse and try to fix it from there. What you good at? Okay, fix it from there. What you good at? Fix it from there. But everybody that's just talking stuff and not really trying to do no solutions like people talking about white people wearing masks, you can't do nothing about that. Focus on what you could do. Where's the kid in your community that's effing up? You go get that kid. Gotcha. I just drove all the way from Iowa to bring my cousin to, to drive around till I found the facility for him to make sure he was okay. 
I feel. Nuisance, you know, I got to get ready to wrap you up, Queen. I really appreciate you taking some time and uh, blessing the VON family with this. And I say that, I really say, I say it very humbly because so often here on the station, we get a lot of people who just pontificate, you know, and it, it, it upsets me. We get all of these scholars and these people, 50 plus, telling you what they did 30, 50, 100 years ago, and it's not applicable to these days. I appreciate you coming on and being organic in who you are and what you represent. You're always welcome, and I thank you, sis. Thank you for blessing me with this outlet. You guys be safe and well and blessed with immunity. Getting you from your work week to your weekend, it's Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation. Folks, welcome back. Let's go to the phone lines. Tommy, how you doing? Tommy? All right. Brother Art, how are you? Yes, sir. Hey, hey. How you doing? All right, all right. All right. First of all, the, the young lady at the guest was absolutely right. And you know I hear me uh and what now? This is all back to community codes of conduct and family values. Yeah. It was, was that basically people have to go home to your home and stop all the trouble. Because this happened in your house. You know this. So at the end of the day, this is, this is, this is what it's about. And you're right. I'm, I'm so tired of hearing people calling in and talking about all the disenfranchised, the people ain't got yeah. no money. I'm on the west side. I'm swear to God, I'm on the west side. I'm driving down somewhere around in that area, Cape Town. Uh-huh. Come back looking at job. I see about 15 black youth. When you saw a, a three wheeler or a four wheeler, most people who got those type of vehicles got homes and the suburbs and got you know, uh, you know the, the proper places for these things. They say our community ain't got no money, and I see 15, 20 youths driving down the street against the light on four-wheelers, popping wheelies, just breaking the law. Yeah, yeah. And this is what we're trying to say. We want a lawless society. I don't want to live in a lawless society yeah. in the black community because we're going to have some serious problems. So we we better get back to some family codes of conduct and community codes of conduct. But I'll leave you with that, man. And uh, All right. I appreciate you. I appreciate that call. Yeah. You know what? And I remember, I, I know that we were talking, uh, sorry about that. 
I don't know what I'm doing. So I, I remember us talking earlier this week when, when, it, when it first happened, the, the four of us, and we were, we were going to do a Zoom mm-hmm. about it. But my heart was so heavy at that time, I just couldn't even find the strength. Y'all, I've been doing VON. I, I've been doing VON for a, quite a long time, like real talk. And I tell you, this is one of those, I always use the word Everglade topics. Mm-hmm. I don't care what is going on in the world. People, our people are being killed. Mm-hmm. And there's, it never seems, there's never a real tangible solution to it. Mm-hmm. I heard Father Flag on with Perry the other day. And, and, and real, big shout out to my girl Perry Small is what they call her, y'all. Um, I, I paused for a moment because Father Michael Flager from over there at St. Sabina, you know, he's putting up $15,000, you know, of the church money or wherever he gets his funding from to, you know, find the culprits who were responsible for. And I think, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, they may have updated it by now, that one of the, the three p- people who were in the car got caught. I'm not sure what the status is to this day, but $15,000. Why, why am I saying this? Father Flake, a white dude. Mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't heard, I, haven't, I have not heard anybody else talk about they putting up no money to, to find, find these people. Right. Whenever a black person is killed in the community, I never hear there's a, there's a reward for this person or that, that person, unless it's something that, you know, it's just one of those very high-profile cases. What am I saying when I'm saying all of that? Man, I'm, I, when we talk about mental health and black men, which we'll be talking about next segment, I am mentally wore out from all of this. I'm mentally wore out from COVID. I'm mentally wore out from uh, black people being killed by the police. Mm-hmm. I'm mentally worn out from people dying in our communities by the hands of our own people. It's, it's draining. And then what's more, what, what do we have to look forward to? We are about to have to get locked back up in the crib because mm-hmm. COVID is here and it's real. Mm-hmm. Then we have to break, we have to brace for the homelessness that is about to take place mm-hmm. because there is no another st- stimulus check that is coming. People have still, they still don't have work. There won't be, a, they're still debating about a second stimulus uh, package. Mm-hmm. The relief that they received is going to be up. It, you know, they, they, they're going to lift that moratorium and people are going to be responsible for the rent, but they can't, they don't have it because the money that they got from the first stimulus package, right. they needed to use that to feed their right. families. That's been gone. So that's been gone. And now they're going to put these people out of their house. We are about to have an onset of, a, it's already, there's a yeah. huge recession that is already here. Many of us, are, we're, we're living that right now. Some of us are. Now, just think about this for one second. Um, when, when there are no more jobs. During this COVID, people getting locked. You gotta be locked back up in your house. Yep. What do you think people are gonna do, man? Yeah. Will, what do you think people are gonna do? It's Y'all? a perfect storm again. Like I'm telling Tommy you. mentioned a few weeks ago, mm. prior to what happened, the riots. It's the perfect storm again. It's brewing. It, it, it is. And nobody. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's, it's scary right now. Yeah. These are scary times. These really, they are scary yeah. times. Folks, uh, stick around. Uh, when we return, what we are going to, uh, we're going to be talking about black men and mental health. That's what our next topic and discussion is. And we know mental health is, is something that has an impact on everybody. All, you know, both males, females, non-binary, et cetera, et cetera. But we're going to be discussing specifically black, black male mental health right now. Because there is a lot going on up here in my head, I'm mm-hmm. telling you. And, hell, I, I think I'm halfway okay with a job and a wife and kids and a family. 
right. in a safe place, and I don't have to, you know. But it's still stuff you, up you, here. You're thinking about stuff you got to do, you know what I'm saying, because you got responsibility. You got responsibility. It's, you know? it's, 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 it's yeah. hard out here for black people, for yeah. black men. All right, folks, don't touch the dial when we return. Uh, Dr. Bell is going to join us for this next segment. You're listening to Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation, on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 AM, WVON. I don't just want to know about any secret of yours. I want to know about what's special secret. Because tonight I want to learn all about the secrets. Kendall Moore Show. Make sure you check out the Facebook page. Uh, we are streaming live there at the Kendall Moore Show. I mean, Secret Garden. Yes. Secret Garden. Last night, me and the crew. What does he mean Classic. by the Secret Garden? The secret. You know what? <laughs> what is this Kendall? song about, Kendall? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Secret Garden? Hmm. Is it a secret? It better be. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> don't need to know. I'll take good care <laughs> of you. That's what a man is supposed to do. Uh-oh. Why you sound like Frank Sinatra, though? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Show your ride. Friday night, everybody. Friday night. Yes. Here at WVON. Thank you, Delvin. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, okay. All right, let's get back on task here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, coming up right now, um, I do have the pleasure. And Tommy, Ryan, I'm going to come to you guys in just one moment uh, after I introduce my next guest. Dr. Alyssa P. Bell, a board-certified physician in both adult and child-adolescent uh, psychiatry. 
She has practiced medicine for over 30 years in Illinois, Michigan, and Indiana. She has a specialized, she specializes in treating affective disorders, including ADHD and disruptive behavior disorders, as well as autism, uh, spectrum disorders in children and adolescents. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please allow me to uh, bring on my next guest, Dr. Alyssa Bell. Dr. Bell, how are you? Fine. How are you? I Thanks am, for having me. Uh, thank you for availing yourself and making yourself available for tonight's uh, for tonight's discussion. Uh, tonight's discussion is something that the team and I, we have been discussing for some time now, and I think we decided yesterday that we're going to start doing a series of mental health uh, segments here on WVON for us to better understand some of the things that are happening with black men specifically uh, right now. Um, it, and I, I introduced it a little bit earlier uh, before we came back from break, uh, from COVID uh, to incarceration um, to black men being killed uh, to just everyday life, unemployment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Dr. Bell, uh, we need help. And I, uh, again, appreciate you being here and certainly would love to uh, turn it over to you and help us to pick up somewhere and begin. Well, first I want to say that uh, let's talk about mental health uh, in general, uh, positive mental health, good mental health. In, in, in addition to having good physical health, we need to have holistic health. That means including good mental health, uh, where, you, where we are mentally, emotionally, psychologically, we're adapted. And in the African-American community, we've known for years that there's issues around uh, stigma in the African-American community, where we feel this is a, there's an embar- embarrassment on our reputation, a disdain. So that's, that's still an ongoing issue, particularly with Af- African-American men. So the first thing is stigma in, in, our, in, our, uh, in our culture. The second thing we have to pay attention to is misdiagnosis. A lot of times uh, when we finally do, when it's urgent, we have to be taken to an emergency room. So that's, you know, black men, they get to wait to the last minute. They're usually they're pushed there by their wives or their girlfriends or significant others. Uh, they get there and they may get a misdiagnosis. This is known in the history as far back as the 30s and 40s. There have been studies that show that African-American men have been misdiagnosed with schizophrenia. In reality, they mm. may just have a depression or bipolar illness. The third thing is cultural utilization. This is a big issue. Uh, going all the way back as far as I can remember the 60s, I'm, like, I'm a child of the 60s, if someone, had, someone in the family seemed to be a little off, uh, they would hide that person, send them down south of Mississippi. They wouldn't discuss it. Uh, so the culture doesn't utilize mental health. Um, uh, and so it's because we're frightened that when we get there, there's somebody who doesn't understand us, our language, our belief system, our culture. So we don't utilize mental health services. And the fourth thing is poverty utilization. Again, that's that economic part of it. Um, economics as far as receiving good and proper mental health from uh, proper uh, providers. And the last thing I have to discuss uh, is trauma. Adverse childhood experiences, trauma. When a young person experiences um, from the ages of zero to uh, as early early in childhood to 18 years of age, if you have someone in your house who, who may be having 
some type of psychological breakdown, someone who used or abused drugs, domestic violence, someone who's been murdered in your family, someone with uh, 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 different type of illnesses. Those are called adverse childhood experiences. Mm. So there was a study done in 1998 by Mr. Folletti said that uh, by the time that you turn into adulthood, if you've had four goals, at least four goals, the more you have, the greater the preponderance if you're having um, later on in life some physiological problems such as diabetes, hypertension, um, high cholesterol, multiple sex partners. So what happens to us traumatically early in life? It multiplies and it affects us uh, physiologically later in life. It's called the adverse childhood experience. So these are the five things of mental health treatment issues that occur in African-American men. And this was discussed by David Satcher in the year 2000. And my, my mentor, my late mentor, Dr. Carl Bell, also discussed this. And, uh, and, and they talked about this in detail and, and across different mediums. Dr. Bell, you know... Uh, that last part, the, um, the I, I'm, hell, you just described eighty percent of uh, black boys living in, in in this country right now. I would I would imagine, uh, you know, with that adverse uh, that impact and what what that actually leads to, leads to, and I I would go as far as stating that I think that's where we find ourselves at right now with these young men who are out here just shooting just to be shooting, and they don't even know who they're shooting at, and they're self medicating. Mm-hmm. High as my as my mama once said, high as a, a, a my mom used to use these crazy terms. I forget what to say, but they they're very high, mm-hmm. you know, to, to say the least. But this mental health piece, folks, five nine one sixteen ninety is the number uh, to connect. Uh, even with the things that have been noted here, how do we begin to uh, get into the weeds with those who need to be in treatment? Like, my question specifically would be, if they don't have insurance or if they are underinsured, how do they seek those types of services? How do we get them, if they don't think that they have an issue or they're a punk if they are seeking those services or their household does not have the wherewithal or the resources to get them into where they need to get into? Like, where do we begin, Dr. Bell? Well, I think the first thing is this is the good thing that, we, that we're discussing this tonight that you're having me on, so thank you. So the first thing is education. Education, education, education. Because when you educate a community, uh, and, they, and then you can start the, prevent, the preventive process, you can get a young child early on. A parent can say, hey, these are some issues that I'm recognizing in my child. They, were, they saw this on television, a shooting that occurred, you know, at the funeral. So, 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 so prevention. So you have to look at uh, when the majority of mental health services, um, uh, most of the children are seen by a mental health professional doing in the school system. More so, you know, to be quite honest, that's where they're first recognized because they spend most of their time there. I know we're not in school right now, but uh, mm, you, have to, you, know, you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention to the development of your child. You have to know where they're at uh, in order to pick up. Um, if they're experiencing, you know, some type of psychological shutdown, uh, we can go over the symptoms if you want. But there's a, there's something I want to mention called the frustration aggression hypothesis. Back in 1939, there was a psychologist at Yale University, uh, John Dillard, Neil Mellard, and uh, Leonard Dobbs, who talked about individuals who feel that, uh, that um, they become aggressive because they feel 
they're, they're blocking people. They cannot attain their goals. Let's say, for example, a gentleman goes to work and he's disrespected or humiliated. Um, he goes home and he's become, he, come, he becomes aggressive toward his wife and his family. Okay, so this is a displacement of oppression. So to some degree, I feel this is a part of what, what's happening in the community. Uh, people are, are angry. They're sick and tired of, of, of the things that have been going on longstanding, these, these health care disparities these social determinants of poor health in our community. Um, and so so as far as assessing uh, mental health, no one going around in a circle, there are some there are some tsunami, there are some some, some some institutions that you can contact and see what you know, what services they provide. I know this is an all Russian neighborhood where that occurred. So I, I'm not certain that if there is a um, a mental health response team or a faith coalition response team for trauma. Um, but there are some mental health facilities, like the different hospitals, clinics, like Jackson Park Hospital, St. Bernard Hospital, uh, Trilogy Behavioral Health. Uh, someone should contact the Cook County uh, and see what services are throughout the city um, pertaining to mental health for our children and our adolescents. And I know that um, there are some, some, there's been some clinics that were closed, but there are some city clinics that are open. Dr. Bell, please hold on right there. Folks, I promise y'all I'm going to let you guys get in and talk to Dr. Bell. Tommy, you coming first. Roosevelt, I got you after that. Dr. Alyssa Bell is with us. It's the Kendall Moore Show. Getting you from your work week to your weekend, it's Kendall Moore Radio for the next generation. This roast, I got my girl L. One time, one time. Hey, yo, L, you know you got the lyrics. All right, welcome back, folks. 591-1690, that is the number to connect. Black men, mental health. You know, what happened earlier this week here in the city of Chicago with 15 people being shot? Sandy, um, I know we... Uh, uh, what do we have? I know we, we, offline we were just talking. Uh, let's share that with the WVON listening audience. Yes, yeah, so I just came across an article uh, in Rolling Out written by Eddie Precise Lamar. Uh, he actually just published an interview, just published an interview with the uh, owner of Graham Funeral Directors and Create Cremation Services, um, which is located about a half block away from where the shootings happened. A half block away from the shootings. Right. Okay, got it. Right. Um, so, yeah, this is literally just fresh off of the press. Um, and so, you know, the funeral director is, is detailing, um, you know, kind of that horrific scene that happened just the other day. And that's in Rolling Out, rollingout.com. Rollingout.com. You know, uh, I got to take some of these callers because they've been waiting for so long. Dr. Uh, Alyssa Bell is with us. We, we certainly appreciate her. But let me go to the phone lines right now. Um, Tommy, how you doing? I tried to get to you the first time. I'm sorry about that. No, brother. It's all, it's all, it's all good. Uh, it's all good, Kendall. But uh, I would like to take you back to a moment where um, – I was fortunate to come down and sit with you yeah. and we were talking. And in the midst of that talking, I said to you, Kendall, the problem is simple. Uh, you had nonsense on earlier and hello doctor to you. 
and you had her on earlier, and she explained everything I said to you about the streets. Yeah. Now, watch this. Does anybody pay attention that every time these so-called experts talk and pontificate that nobody seems to take any of the reward money because the community is supposed to be so broke, right? We ain't, we're supposed to be so desolate that uh, these amounts of money that's being offered and your uh, identity is kept in anonymity, nobody accepts it. Here's point two for you. You heard the union president say to the police department to stand down. The communities have been destroyed laterally. Hander Hand and his boys was in cahoot with Jeff Ford and his crew mm. on the east side. These are facts. This is this is yeah, it's yeah. one thing for somebody it's one thing for somebody to get on the radio and start talking nonsense. It's another thing for them to tell you absolute facts. Yep. What's going on in our communities, I would like for the doctor to explain how you would not be insane. Hell, I'm fixing to smoke a crack clock right now. Goodbye. <laughs> Tommy, you a mess, man. Listen, Tommy, do me a favor. Call back. Naya, do me a favor. When Tommy calls back, Tommy, I lost your number. I need to see you. I need to talk to you because I'm trying to connect with you, all right? Uh, Tommy, call back to VON uh, and uh, give my associate producer uh, your number. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, Roosevelt, how are you? Thank you for your patience. Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Good evening to um, you, Kendall. Love your show as always. Good evening to your staff and the rest of the VON family. Um, I would have to say something. You know, I consider myself to kind of be a stable person, but I think through all of this kind of stuff that's going on, and I think the main reason how come a whole lot of stuff is happening because i'm a youtube personality and i broke it down on my show the other day on youtube what's the name of your what's the name of your show on youtube it's called roosevelt sounds off okay got you i'm gonna check it out yeah thanks man and um i said it's pretty much the stuff that you know because what's going on in the home because you know you've had some young people who've had tremendous and horrendous upbringings and everything. The mother could have been one way or the other. The father's never there. Sometimes the father locked up and everything in jail. And, you know, so therefore they might have to do something on the street in order to survive. So that's almost like the kind of life that they know of. And not to mention everything, you know, that there's tremendous family problems and tremendous marital problems and tremendous job loss, especially with this COVID-19. And, you know, I know a lot of people have their thoughts about it, and I have my thoughts about that too and everything i feel a whole lot of young people feel because of this whole COVID 19 that there is no hope and you know i think this is just my personal opinion i think with this whole thing that we are being lied to and a whole lot of young people they're seeing through a whole lot of this stuff and they're feeling it and everything too and it doesn't help when you have a whole lot of people you know you might have some hope as to you know things getting better and the first thing that they tell you because a whole lot of people have told me well, things will never go back to the way it was, and we'll probably have to wear a mask for the next four or five years. That's not giving people any kind of hope. 
and plus some people have lost their jobs. So this yeah. is where I think a whole lot of the mental stuff is coming from. And a whole lot of, like I said, people are not helping because even with the whole COVID-19, they're making it sound so, so bad that you know it's not giving anybody any hope. Now and everything, a politician's talking about, like you said, we might have to be put back in and everything like that. It's like being in jail for something that you didn't even do. I can understand it if you committed a crime or anything that was illegal under the law. But just to be put in jail and just to be told that you can't leave your home for this reason or that reason, it's kind of like the bad teacher that kind of punishes you in school for something that you didn't do. Gotcha, so gotcha. A whole lot of people are feeling that. I you know feel- what I'm saying? So that's where it's coming from. Got you. Roosevelt, thank you, man. I appreciate that. No problem at all. I got to get to Rosita. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Is it Rosita? Yeah, yeah, that's right. How are you this evening? Hey, welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Yes, thank you. Um, I wanted to talk, go back to some of what the doctor said in terms of getting into the educational system. There is so much we can do, educators. Because we know we have got to get to these children. We have ten-year-old carjackers. I know. Yeah, ten years old. That that is crazy to me. I got a ten-year-old at home. We've been seeing these trends in in the schools for a long time, Mm -hmm. and I kept teaching. The, we need intervention before third grade. That's why oh, they God. build jails yeah. built yeah. on third yes. grade scores. Yeah. If we're not addressing, and every teacher, if you call, they will tell you they can identify three or four children in t- trouble. And I'm not talking about going after these children viciously. I'm talking about providing them with positive reinforcement, wraparound services, yep. the things that we know will save them. We cannot save them when they're 15 and 16 and we're just getting through them. Mm, it's too hard. Very good We point. have got to, and our little third graders are like sponges. We can get them. All we need is resources. We need a third and fifth grade initiative to get to our children before it's too late. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that, Miss Rosita. I really do. And thank you for the work that you're doing as far as with these children and in the schools, uh, and thank you for uh, your call today. I want to. I want to. Uh, uh, again, I want to. Uh, let's. 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 I want to finish that. Mm-hmm. That thought that I had about that. The third grade with the kids being in third grade, yeah. and um, just all of the trauma that our kids are facing right now. Let's do this pragmatically. The four of us. I, I, for some reason, we lost Doctor Bell, but the four of us. Just listening to what. Uh, was just stated by the doctor Mm -hmm. and what we know to be true. Mm -hmm. One, CPS right now, they're still going back and forth on if they're going to open up or not. It's already been, you know, the teachers' union, uh, they're saying they don't want the kids back in school. That's what the teachers' union is stating. Right. Those are facts. Um, But other jurisdictions, they're opening up right now, you know, with a hybrid type of system. The reason I bring up CPS is because I'm going back to something that Dr. Bill stated and uh, Miss Rosita, um, the impact on the children who are not able to go to school, mm-hmm. what they are experiencing in some of those and many of those households is trauma. Mm-hmm. Some of them live in a mm-hmm. trap house. And if it's not a yep. trap house, yep. then it's the reefer house because yep. they ain't no, ain't no jobs. Yep. So everybody on the block who got a little bit of age to themselves, 
they are seeing all of this. Mm-hmm. That is trauma, and it's it's numbing to them. So for them, they cousin or they, they sister boyfriend, he got a pistol. He yep. breaking down weed in the middle of the crib. Yep. And now they don't get that break. So the ones who are already out here doing it, right, we done – we're past them because they we, we've lost them. Let me tell you what we're going to catch them at. Either in the grave or they're going to go to prison. That's right. just how that is going to be structured. To Rosita, to Miss Rosita, her point, we got to get these babies now. We got to get them a lot younger and get to them. And we have to allow the educational system to do their job. Do you know how many mothers I run into or how many scenes that I've saw mothers walking up to the school with bonnets on mm-hmm. and they pajamas, mm-hmm. uh, with their panties showing through their pajamas, mm-hmm. with house shoes on. I say that with emphasis yeah. to let you know how much they don't care about themselves, but this is what their kids are seeing. And then as soon as a, 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 an adult in that school system shows some type of love and care towards that child, mm-hmm. like, listen, uh, Mr. Moore, your child has ADHD or your mm-hmm. child is acting up. My child ain't acting up in right. school. How yep. dare you say this, that, and the third? And I just described to you yep. how many, and I'm not, I'm not painting everybody with a bad, I don't want to uh, paint them with a broad paintbrush, right. but that's what we're dealing with. So, so we went from babies having babies. We went from these six to 15 and 16-year-old girls who mm-hmm. were having babies and now those kids have grown up, and this is part of the result of what we are seeing right now. Right. Now, COVID and the schools being shut down, mm-hmm. and I keep reminding people about this. Mm-hmm. CPS was on strike last year. Yep. So the kids missed school oh, then, mm-hmm. and then they had to shut the schools down. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many kids right now across the nation, they the only type of positive interaction that they receive is at school. That's right. But CPS is saying we don't want these kids back in school because of COVID. The teachers union. The teachers union. The teachers union. But this is where they receive their services at. So I just, you know, there was a a few buckets that I just put Mm -hmm. out there. Like, really think about, if we really think about this pragmatically, y'all, we in a world of trouble. Mm -hmm. Like, we, we, and we're not going to be able to talk our way out of this. Yes. We, we really are not. And it's, it's, it, it, we can't be monolithic in our approach either. We truly can't. You can't throw money at it. Right. And the reason that I say that you can't throw money at it is because when you throw money at it, the people who get the money, it does not trickle down to the people who really need it. It you barely got, trickles. You, it might you, drip. Yeah, yeah. You know, you twenty percent <laughs> indirect and overhead and all of right, this. And right. by the time you hire uh, you hire somebody, they're getting paid twenty five thousand dollars, and they got fifty thousand dollars worth of school debt. So they they barely right. robbing Peter to pay Paul. Now now they're overworked and they're not able to do their job. Like it really is. It's this whole uh, ecosystem mm-hmm. that has us where we are. Five nine one sixteen ninety is the number to connect. But I, I wanted to bring y'all in. We lost. Uh, well, I, I think we, we got we got Doctor Bell back. All right, Doctor Bell, how you doing? Welcome back. Hi. Okay. okay yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what happened. I got lost in the call. Yeah, Doctor Bell. So yeah, I just explained some of the things that uh, we, we we had a call just a, a, a minute ago, and to to a point that had been made. CPS for uh, a lot of for those who live in the city of Chicago. 
that really is the first line of defense in changing the norms and behaviors of these kids. One of the callers, uh, she's a, she was an educator, said we need to get to the kids a lot earlier, third grade. And mm-hmm. I, I would agree. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. So this is the this is this is the issue. I worked at Inglewood for fifteen years at the community mental health center for Carl Bell. And what I noted that when an African American male about the age of eight or nine, he kinda recognizes he recognizes this social place in this society, he becomes aware of what's really going on. And so you have to get to the kids much earlier. So like Malcolm X said, you know, when you when you allow a society to educate your kids you know, you have to educate your children at home. So what has happened is it's been a breakdown of the community. There's a breakdown in our community, not just in Chicago, but nationwide in the urban areas where most African-Americans live. So if the children are not educated at home uh, by the time they're eight or nine, if we don't get them before then, uh, we've, we've kind of lost them in the mm. situation. I've worked at three juvenile prisons. I've worked at the Juvenile Detention Center. And so I've seen... And hearing the history, the development, and I and, and I think about how my generation has left other gen- the generation behind me, my niece's generation behind, and then the other generation. So we try to assimilate to someone else's culture. So back in the 60s, my parents knew, and the community on the west side knew, that if I sold a piece of candy out the door, I had to be responsible, not just to my parents, uh, but to the, you know, uh, the guy in the store, I sold the candy, I, you know, so I had to be disciplined in some way. Or he would tell my mother and then the landlord. So where there was accountability, but they knew that I wasn't developed enough. They knew that my frontal lobe, they knew that I was impulsive. And so they, so they parented us, not just my mom, it was a community. It takes a village to, to you know, to raise Absolutely. a child. Absolutely. So, so, this, so this is the issue. And so by the time that they're like 14 or 15, they've already, they've already been in the streets. And they've accepted the family life, or they've been embraced, uh, you know, by that, by that, by that, you know, by, by that aspect. So if you, if you if you don't educate them in a the home, you don't teach them in a the home, you don't discipline them in a the home, you don't nurture them in a the home, you don't share and teach them. And they hit by eight or nine, they're out there. Mm. This is what happens. Okay, so they have to, you know, they have to be taught. So it's, it's a different world now. So we used to be very resilient people. We have a lot of challenges today, not just with the COVID with the racism and now the um now the violence against ourselves yeah, yeah. so there's an african proverb that says that you don't know where you're going unless you know where you've been so we really don't know our history and like i, I say to a lot of my friends uh black history started before slavery mm-hmm. we and i and like when i have yeah. a chance to teach a young group of kids i talk about how we were uh, here on, on, on this earth years ago and how we we built the pyramids and how we have kings and queens and the things that so they don't know. They don't know who they are. If you don't know who you are, you have a poor self identity, a poor self concept. Doctor Bell, let me Doctor Bell, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, this is just is is glaring at me right now. But how do how do we infiltrate and I want to i I'm specifically linguistically using that word word. How do we infiltrate those populations those subcultures within the black community. How do we get to Ray Ray and Pookie who don't listen to WVO? Like, how do we get, how do we get to them and say, look, this is the problem. Let us help you. If it takes a village to raise the child, how do we, how do we, how do I approach 
dude off the block who run the block who who making eight stacks mm-hmm. or who's a vice lord and I'm a professional. How do what's the approach there? Because I'm not hearing the answer. So so. You know, we, we can't ask other people to come in to, to heal our communities. We've got to heal our communities within ourselves. So we're going to have to invest in our own selves and our own people. We have to get our own self-worth. So when I worked in the Eaglewood community, how I, how I engaged the parents who were back then, um, years ago, they were using drugs, they were young parents, they hadn't been taught, I gave them incentives, and I educated them. And I gave them, I helped them give, develop a self-esteem, a self-worth, there's a program called the Harlem Zone Project that was done in Harlem, New York, where a group of four African-American men who grew up in Harlem, and they went, to, went away to college and came back, and from block to block, they helped. They, they, they put their money, and they became very rich men. I remember that. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so let me tell the audience. So, they, so, so what they did was they allowed, they taught the parents, gave them their education, got them to become invested in their own selves and invested in their community, self-pride and self-energy, so they can help not only help themselves but help the other communities and be a healthier community. Now, we were supposed to start that. We tried to do that in one lawn when Bishop, right before Bishop Brazier. This is what he wanted before he passed on. But something happened. I, I was, you know, I was a part of that as far as a mental health piece, writing the mental health piece for there, but we didn't get that grant. So, so it has to be a community effort. And you have to educate communities. And like I said, um, once you educate, like when I worked, let me get back to when I worked in Eaglewood, when I first got there, people didn't know who I was. Yes, I, you know, I'm African-American. I look like they do, but I'm like, who is this face person talking about maybe giving my son some medication or whatever? So I had to go to directly to the elders in the community, the stakeholders, like the barbershop. I had to go to other people. So I had, I had community events. So they come and see who I was, so I can invest in the kids. And they saw not only did I provide good mental health care, but I had Christmas parties. I had, uh, uh, you know, I had uh, uh, parenting classes and so forth. And I had, you know, when they come, I would give them gifts and so forth to make groups. So you have to you have to educate. I think it's a good thing that you're having this conversation. This is the beginning of the conversation. Uh, is how to address making our, our communities healthier. So it has to be some investments within the community. And I heard a young woman on the television today talking about how our politicians within those areas need to invest or need to come forth and invest in the community, get some after-school programs, get maybe some parenting programs, get some jobs, you know. Um, so it has to be a community effort. But it has to come from the inside because it can't be done. You can't rely on other people to take care uh, of our people. Dr. Alyssa Bell, she's with us. We'll take the calls when we return. It's the Kendall Moore Show. Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation. All right, welcome back, folks. It's the Kendall Moore Show, www.von.com. That is the website. 
Make sure that you're checking us out. We are streaming live on Facebook at The Kendall Moore Show. And also the website is KendallMooreShow.com. What's that, Will? What up, so what up? dope, Sandy. Hey, hey. Netta Beretta. You yes, know, they're yes. always here and they're always doing their thing. Make sure that you follow their pages as well. Uh, in the meantime, Dr. Alyssa Bell, she is on our live line. And it's a very, um, you know, the topic speaks for itself. Uh, Dr. Bell, let me ask you this. Why do we have to pay people, especially black people, to care about themselves? Because we don't love ourselves. Uh, we're not, are we on live right now? Or Yeah, we are. We are live. Okay. okay. <laughs> like memorized. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because, because, we, because we have a poor self-identity. You see, when we, when we brought, we brought here to, in this country, they inserted their belief system, their culture, and gave us a name. You know, there's power in words. Uh, and so we don't know who we are, the core, who we are. And once we realize um, who we are as a people and the strengths we have and self-love instead of self-hate, and we've learned some adaptive behaviors during slavery, some people believe in a, a syndrome called post-traumatic slavery syndrome. Uh, Joy McGrew, Dr. McGrew, a famous psychologist mm-hmm. who talked and uh, who released a book in 2005 that talked about how we adapted and learned behavior to protect ourselves uh, during the slavery onslaught and yeah. afterwards during the many oppressions such as, such as Jim Crow and today's oppressive society, racist society. So we've learned behavior uh, to protect ourselves, to survive. And we're very resilient people. So we just have to get back uh, to, to self, know thyself. And I believe that once we do that, and once we learn and once we teach our children, they'll have a sense of pride, and they'll, they'll accept who they are. Because right now they don't know who they are. You know, they're just, we're just existing. It's scary right here. now. It is, it's yeah, scary out there. Yeah, so, so this is the issue. So this is the issue. You got so 10-year-olds, 10-year-olds out here carjacking. 10-year-olds carjacking. You got 10-year-olds pulling triggers. So, Dr. Bill, how you doing? This is, uh, uh, this is Will from Kindlemore Show. Uh, you know, we're talking about 10-year-old carjackers, of course, and in and, and third grade. And, of course, this has a lot to do with what they've always said about the prison to uh, from the uh, school to the prison pipeline, right? By third grade, right. they know if you're going to go to jail or not. That's right. Hmm. But if they know so, that, but if they, here's the thing, and, and, and I don't mean to uh, uh, hijack your question, but if they know that, why aren't we putting things in place to, in place to, to, to stop prevent, that? Yeah. If we know that, and Michelle Alexander, big shout to her, she's a great colleague of mine. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, Michelle, I need you back on the show if you're listening. Um, but if we know that, right, mm-hmm. then we should have been put those systems in place, right? Or, or am, I, am, I, am I crazy? Well, I, you know, I, I don't think we ever had time to even heal. We haven't done any healing. We haven't, mm-hmm. we haven't hasn't even been acknowledged what the onslaught of, what the damage is. We need to have a conversation around healing and what the problems are. We know what the problems are, but, how, you know, we need to get some healing. All the way from slavery, 300, 400 years, and then continual oppression, there's no healing. We're just running. Like you're running and you're not... And you, you, you know, you're not, you're not stopping to catch your breath. But, but, doctor, so, if, if I may ask, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, you don't think um, because I know we talk about slavery, but during the '60s, the '70s, and the '80s, black people flourished. We flourished economically we and socially. Exactly. We, we, we so you don't think that the '94 
crime bill has played a lot into this, having these kids raise kids, and now they're raising kids and they are reckless. Because I know of 15-year-olds who are having kids, who have had kids. You know, like, 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 like I said, my generation left my niece's generation behind, and that generation has left the millennials behind. So back when I was growing up, a good percentage of men were in the home. But they broke the, the community broke down. How did the community broke down, work down? What happened was, back in the late seventies, early eighties, is when we had the onslaught of uh, women going out into the workforce because feminism allowed, you know, they got on the backs of our civil rights movement, the feminists, and they um, went ahead and uh, women went out to the workforce, and the men, if a woman was on public aid and working and going to get her education. We're not allowed to stay in the home if the woman was on public aid. Mm-hmm. They would have them leave. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So as you, you fast forward. Claudine. Um, yeah. When you fast forward, when you fast forward, what happens is um, that's when that's when they started the development, like this gentleman said. They looked at the, the reading scores of the third and fourth grade and decided to, to build a prison based on the percentage of African, American, and brown children. What what, how, many, how many prisons we're going to build mm. and had all these investors to secure jobs for uh, other groups of individuals. So, so we're just pushed along. So, so we don't have, but, but, but if you study, there's, there's an organization called Happy Films. If you study mm-hmm. how our ancestors, this is very important, I'm telling you this, how our ancestors knew about economics, that Nile River, that Happy, that's the real name of the Nile River, Happy. Mm. Economics first, then they had the management, the political, and then they had the culture. They knew how to do it. So we're far from our true selves over here. There's someone else's culture inserted their culture in, in our belief system. So we're just we're wandering around, and we don't know our history. So you, you, you have to teach the youth. We don't have a rights to passage program. Not only for the men, we don't have it for the women over here. When I went over to, to Ghana, West Africa in 2003, and, I, and the headmistress had me go to the school to talk to these young women, 15 to 18, about 280 of them, my, I realized then, and they, they helped me realize that we had a lot of similarities. But yet, they still had community. They were still being taught, like I was being taught in the 60s. But we got away from that. We don't have community. And that's our resilience. That helped us. So in the 60s, we had community. We don't have community now. But shouldn't the church church play a part in that since we're talking community? Shouldn't that? A lot of churches churches have become, uh, well, I have to to be quite honest, uh, they're they're businesses. Some of them haven't. Some of them haven't. Some of them have helped the people, uh, and, you know, they continue to support communities. But there's a lot of different changes throughout America in the urban mm. urban settings where there's changing in the, the, the role and responsibility of churches. So um, you can't blame everything on the churches because who made up the churches and supported the churches? It was the people. We do have some strong uh, ministers and leaders in, in the churches. Um, but we need community support. We need the parents. But the parents need help. They're young parents. Got you. Let's take a call real quick. Charles, how are you? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. How you doing, Kendall? All righty. Uh, I came along in the generation of uh, 
minister, I mean uh, the late uh, Elijah Muhammad. Okay. He gave us the solution. Today, Minister Farrakhan, he gave us the solution. But we are rejecting his solution. This is why we're in the predicament that we're in. Charles, let me, so, let me ask, Charles, before you continue, let me ask you, when you say we are rejecting, is it we, are you speaking comprehensively, or is it these, you know, the population right now who's shooting up everybody? Like, let's, let's, let's be exact about who the we are rejecting, rejecting. Help me with that. We, as a group, he was speaking to all of us. He was speaking to all of us and telling us to do for self, get our own piece of uh, real estate in the United States, like the Mormons, the Amish, the uh, Quakers, and create our own society and our communities and get separate from these people because he, he was telling us that these people mean there's no good. This, this experiment and integration, he told us back then that it's no good for us and it's going to fail and it has failed. It has. So that's where we find ourselves right now, fumbling around trying to figure this thing out. But uh, the message is still out there. Black man, do for self or suffer the consequences. And this is what we uh, are happening to us is we are suffering the consequences of uh, uh, rejecting this man's teaching. We come up with these excuses that... You have to be a Muslim and all. No, you don't have to be a Muslim. Just to get behind this man and support him. But we haven't did it. You know, they used to have a lot of businesses all over the South Side back in the 70s. Yeah, but and, and, and even before then, Charles, and I don't mean to rush you off the phone, but I got to get ready to go uh, because the doctor needs to have the last word. I appreciate you calling, though. Uh, Dr. Bill, we're going to have you back uh, because this conversation is long from over. Um, and I just want to thank you for your time here this evening. Uh, we'll certainly be in contact. I will certainly be in contact with you in the very near future uh, and, and have structured um, bullet points that we want to discuss. This is something that is near and dear to our hearts here uh, with the Lit Crew, this, this mental health piece. So uh, thank you for your time. Where can people uh, – I, I, I have your website, but let folks know where your website is and how to get in contact with you. Okay, so on February the 12th, uh, I, I'm, I'm really blessed. I've published my book. I've been writing for five, uh, for five years with 12 different uh, mental health professionals, geriatric psychiatrists, addiction psychiatrists. I wrote a book called Are You Culturally Competent? Clinicians discuss the, the, the relevance of cultural competency in their practices. Where they have actual cases of people being seen in their uh, mostly African-American practitioners and different nationalities. So my website is uh, www.areyouculturallycompetent.com. I can be contacted on that website. Um, so if you if you send questions, uh, you know if you if you need me to come out and talk to a group, I'll be more than happy. Uh, just contact me at www.areyouculturallycompetent.com. And my mentor, the late Dr. Carl Compton Bell, wrote the forward, and we discuss why it's important that the 53% of medical professionals 
that who don't look like us, that are white, they need to become culturally competent, learn how to talk to us, to respect us, to look at their biases, and come up with the correct diagnosis so they can render the correct treatment. And this is very important, particularly now with COVID. So this is something that uh, uh, that's dear to my heart. Thank you, Dr. Thank Bill. You so Not at all. Mm-hmm. Have a terrific week. We, we, we look forward to having you back soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. He's the new kid on the block. He's got the weekends on lock. Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. music you know it is time for the lit round table all right i want to remind you guys earlier this week on my facebook page our partners at milan uh milan <laughs> we are we trying to think about black folks always want to go to milan, milan italy <laughs> we yes. can't go nowhere covid yes no not at all but anyway earlier uh the uh, annual summer sale is happening at milan boutique Many of the items are marked down over 70%. So this weekend, ladies and gentlemen, this weekend, they are offering the Kendall Moore Show listeners an additional 10% off using the code, the Lit Crew. L-I-T-C-R-E-W. Make sure you get to (laughs) www.milanboutique.com. That's M-A-L-I-N. B O U T I Q U E dot com. Get there, get I there. Make sure that you get to that website. I'm telling you, you want you you don't want to miss that. Necklaces, earrings, bracelets, rings, etc. All of the items are handpicked and nothing like you will find in stores. Big shout to Milan Boutique. Check them out. The Lit Roundtable as it starts. Oh my God! Say that again, Will. Tosha. 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 Oh, 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 okay, got you, got you, Miss Brown. Yeah, so we'll make sure that we have Miss Brown. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, we just wanted to make sure that, uh, to let everybody know that Miss Brown will not be able to be on tonight. I know she was our uh, featured speaker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But she is attending John Lewis's congressman, John, John Lewis's funeral yeah. in the morning. So she, uh, things became kind of tied up. Yeah. But she will be on in the future. And we just wanted to apologize to all of our listeners who want to uh, to want to listen to the interview. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so we'll, we'll probably have a circle back around with her uh, yes. next week or the, the yes, following week yes, as well. Yes, definitely. Uh, Congressman John Lewis was a great man. He's done a lot of things and walked with Martin Luther King and uh, did a lot of legislation nationally. And, you know, we're mourning him still to this day. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of his famous quotes, you know, doing a lot of uh, bad good or something, something yep. to that effect. Uh, tremendous, tr- tremendous individual. And speaking of which, we're losing a lot of people. People are aging out. It's and we're, time. we're not replacing them, though. Yeah. That part. That's what the problem is. Yes, like, we are, Kendall. Like, you're on the radio. You're here. Sandria <laughs> oh, is here. Thank you, Will. We have Netta people like Ms. Latasha do, Brown. You know, you know, somebody will replace us. Someone will replace Naya, but Naya's doing good work. And Isaiah's doing great work. We have people who are doing great work in the community, and we do care, and that's what's important. You know, no one is here forever, but, you know, it's, it's what you do that, that – that makes your mark and matters. We, but we, we, you know, that really, it's a great conversation to have at a late, a later date. Yes. We really, we really need to start thinking about who we are. How do we replace these people? Some people have been in, in office too long. They have become career mm. politicians. Mm. I don't want to name any names, but damn, they've been around since Jesus, you know, and, and haven't done anything. And I said I wasn't going to, you know, say any names, but like, you know, man, it's just people who've just been in office too long. And they put up a brick wall and do not let the younger folks elevate. They put these people, they, they build the business, they build the business of politics around them. Well, let me just say this. When it comes to legislation and people being in office for a long time, the more tenure that you have, the more uh, the, the power, the more, well, it's not necessarily power. power, but what do you, uh, you, you get seniority. seniority in the sense that uh, when a very important boat comes up like extending your unemployment and things like that which we are under now right now you know it matters it matters that a person has been there that long so you 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 might want to think twice before you sit here and say well that person been there forever it's situations like these it's legislation that that really helps community that that makes a difference when a person is has that longevity but the, with that longevity, like they that. need to also not be complacent. But trust me, they do groom complacent people. and complicit. They do groom individuals for them. But here's here's the thing: the community as a whole is so divided. That individual that I might groom, or you might groom, or Sandra might groom, other people decide. Well, no, I'm better than this person. We have so our I want to go here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I think that's wrong. I think if we have somebody in there, we need to support them without a doubt, 100 percent support them. Let's stop all this. Uh, you know, when the first show I had with you, I told you, I'm like, we divided too much. You know, everybody wants to be a chief. It's too many. Nobody wants to be an Indian. I'm, I am an Indian. I'm glad to be an Indian. I don't mind being an Indian. If you need to call me to be a chief, I'll be a chief. And even if it's just for that moment, but let's be an Indian. Let's be Indians. We got to think like Indians. We have somebody there. Let's support them so that they can get us what we need, get the resources that we need. So it's not about how long you've been there. It's about what not only what that person does, but the support that we give that individual. We're not giving people support. Well, I, my, my, my. And I know this. I'm out there. I know I've you are. I've been there. I know I you. I see it. 
But 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 my pushback to that is men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Right. You if your ass been in office for ten years, twenty years, and ain't nothing happened in the community that you represent. Your ass need to get out of office. You're the problem. I don't care. Your seniority is moving the I don't care. Whatever. If you got all that seniority in my my neighborhood, name one person now as we talk about black politicians all the time. Please ask me this question. Please ask me this question. Name one person now who's moving (laughs) something that's just, just so monumental. Aside for don't, but that's part Lori? of the problem. Okay, Lori, I take Lori. I, we don't even. So, Lori, we, let's. We don't even need to. Let's start with some of the people that you work with. <laughs> <laughs> he don't want to. Who ain't that, doing shit? He don't want to sit that cone over. But sh- you know what? You, you know, have to say damn near everybody. <laughs> My point exactly, which is why we need. But no, that's we, not true. They we, do stuff. There, there need, no, there needs to be term. There needs to be term. Can't make you drink. Man, there needs to be term limits. How do you? How do you? Yes. But look, Netta, we done went all the way into another conversation, y'all. But look, how do you? Yes. There needs to be term limits, right? On, on how, what? On what? I'm about to tell what you. What offices? Well, you. you can I talk? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to say it says it's Kendall Moore show. Oh, In the no. lick crew. Did it, wait, wait. Right. He just checked he me just on the No, I didn't say that. I'm just saying. I just got to check. So I'm going to sit back. No, 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 no. I don't want you to sit back. I don't want to see me. I didn't. They ain't coming to see me. No, 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 no. And more no. It's all right. No, we're a democratic society around here. I bow to you. No, I bow to y'all. You the chief. and That's right. But he's just saying he's okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. No, but that's I'm not okay the. With that. So no, you lead us. No, great leader. <laughs> <laughs> lead us. Here, here, here is here's. This is what I am saying. There needs to be term limits. Period. Okay. Point blank. And you made me forget my thought because you started talking all I'm of that. Sorry, but I'm here's sorry. the thing, though, Will. You cannot. It's just like the police officers. Mm-hmm. Police cannot police the police. Politicians cannot be responsible for how many terms they get in office. That's all I merely wanted to state. If you you cannot be a career politician, I don't think that people should be career politicians. We've had this discussion before, and the discussion is: if they're not do if 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 I've you, if about you only have four years, and after four years, that's it. Do you know how different it would be for us? Like, really think about that. Let's so. Let's take Dick Durbin, uh, Congressman Davis, and Bobby Rush. When you put all of them together, uh-huh. they got a gazillion years in office, right? If you ask some of the people who are disgruntled with what has not happened, you take all of those years that they uh-huh. have been in office, uh-huh. you get maybe five people who have benefited, you get maybe 70 jobs out of the three of them, a couple of them going to Washington D.C. with them. Other, than, you got a couple precinct captains, and then you got some people who got jobs at uh, Moen Oink or some something uh, a Walmart or something like that. Right. Outside and other than that, all you have is people talking chatter and and talking about hope. That's all I see. Please show me something, anything different. The schools still get shut down. And you got people sitting on Capitol Hill, but the schools can get shut down. Why can't the schools get shut down? Because they don't run the city, right? They don't run the city. So that means that they can't say, call Lori Lightfoot, Rahm Emanuel, Mayor Daley, and say, hire this person. They, the aldermen themselves, they can't 
make anything happen without. It depends on their relationship. It depends on the so relationship. So now we're back to nepotism. That's what politics is. But no, now we're not, back yeah, to nepotism. nepotism. Politics is about relationships. So you that's need to be in office about. for 80 years, Will, to get something done? No, you don't need to be in office. No, no, no. I don't think four years is enough. What's your relationship? Kendall, four years isn't enough either. What's your relationship? Think about where you were four years ago and how much you didn't accomplish. Like, so treat it like the no, not that's not shade. Look, now you're laughing. That's everybody, here's right? Here's the thing: your first four years, if you're a new, or if two years, if you're a congressman or whatever, your first two to four years, uh, you're getting acquainted with people, and you have no seniority. So what you have to do is you have to then begin to uh, uh, talk to people to try and get earmarks. Earmarks are basically agreements that you have with somebody passing legislation, they might tack something on for you mm-hmm. uh, to have done in your community. It's an earmark. I don't know if they still do it like that exactly anymore, but what I'm saying is about your relationship. and You have to have relationships. That's all politics is about. Feel me on this, though, Will. So before, I don't care what job you have. I don't care what job you have. When we hire you, we expect you to hit the ground running. You're not going to have a four-year uptick before you start doing some damn work for me. If you are the person responsible for bringing money into my community, you you politicked on the fact that you were going to make a change. Right. So if your change right. is going to be, I need to suck up to this person or build a relationship in right. order to get something done, you're speaking to my point. Miss me with that. So no, Netta. So no. do you think that four no. years is four long years. enough? I agree four with years. you. It's four Hell years yeah. long I enough. Agree because if with you, you already know what the problem is, then you should hit, be able to hit that. So what we're, so that's why you cannot have amateurs we, and novice run for. Look, but the, so but you cannot have these saying, amateurs though. and that's these novice saying. run for office. You always get these people who say, man, I want to run for office. I say, what you do, man? Kanye. Oh, I'm just a, I, I'm a, <laughs> I, I, I'm this. But you ain't did nothing in the community. You haven't did anything for anybody. You ain't even worked a, a campaign. The thing is, you have to have somebody that know the landscape, that's familiar with people. who can. Then you can go in there and build this relationship and get these type of things for your community. You Trust me, for a new congressman, a new state representative, a new senator, a new president, you have to go in there. You have to build a rapport with people. You know what I'm saying? It does not on take that level. It don't. It does not take four years. It does take four years. It, well, That's the, what I'm saying. It, it does. I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. Mm-hmm. It should not take four years. And the reason that I say that mm-hmm. again, your job is not. You get a three month probationary period. Right. You need to know what you're doing when you get here. So as far as building relationships. Miss me with that because if you are, if you're the person who's saying I'm coming here to change that, during my tenure, I'm going to do everything that I can. But it's not going to take me. It should not take me for you. But so what you if, can't say that. But, no, no, because but, you don't know the relationship. Uh, that but Sandy I have and to I, build a relationship you know with Nana. You know I have what? To build a relationship Sandy with, and I would love to chime in on this conversation. I'm sorry. Well, go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the men that took you it. Know, out. No, 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 but, because you, I built it. But, but you know what? Maybe it doesn't take four years to get started. But I think that the presidency is on to something. An eight-year maximum. So think about right. what it takes to build those relationships maybe it only takes you two of those four years right now you're building on that and implementing the ideals that you had dr bell was just telling us we have to catch the kids before they're eight years old you got eight years to effect change in somebody before they're almost lost right 
Why isn't it the exact same way when you're in office? Because what if your opponent was in office before you? And then what if your opponent gets in office after you? You have to have some time to actually put the things in place that you feel will change the community, change whatever your jurisdiction is. So four years I don't think is necessarily enough time to build a foundation and make a change. You so can start to build relationships. Sometimes all, eight years. years is not enough. Some people have talked about you need really a maximum of 12 to show the growth that has been made. Look, when President Obama left office and then Donald Trump came in and all of a sudden unemployment, unemployment dropped and African Americans start, work, start working more and all that, that wasn't because of Donald Trump. That was because of things that President Obama put in place his fourth, his, his second term. And when he left, Donald Trump President Donald Trump, respectfully, he reaped the benefits of that to brag about it. And a lot of people don't know about that. Sandy, See, what are your thoughts on that? It really takes 12 years for you to solidify, but they say, the limits say eight. All right, so here's the thing. First of all, everybody's not in office for four years. Some are in for four, some, some for, for two. Some, some for two. Yeah. So Jimmy so, Carter and uh, <laughs> President Bush, the first Bush. Jimmy Carter. But that's, that's very rare. My, my very rare. Time, here is my right. thing. I promise you guys. This is here is my thing. If you want if you want to run for office and you running for office because you see all of these bad things that are happening in your community. Mm-hmm. That means that you are an expert on what needs to change. No, you ain't no expert. There's a lot of people well, out there will run for office. They ain't no they, they may, okay, so they think they, 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 they think they're a little popular. They think they got a little money. Let me tell you something. So even to run a state rep campaign, it may you have to spend a hundred thousand to sometimes two hundred. So now you need money. So now we back to nothing. Now we back to nothing. gonna work for nothing. Now no, we back to nothing. No, we about getting paid because you need campaign workers. You need people that's gonna canvas for you. You need a campaign. Which manager. is exactly you gotta why pay me five I don't to work in politics anymore. You got pay because me. <laughs> Michael I'm Madigan and Comed and everybody who worked for Comed. That's Man, another story. Who, no, it's, it's, it is the story. That's another story. It is the story. It is. The I story, hear what you're man. Listen, Say no it. politicians need to have a term limit, and no, they don't get a 12, all of them. They don't need a twelve year slate to get this right. So if I'm a congressman, if I'm a really if I'm good airline pilot, and then do some I guy need twelve years to learn my up. job? Maybe. Damn it! But if I'm an airline pilot, that's, see, that's, that's, right that's, that's another yeah. story, which we will. But you're not, you're not, lay out in you're not just Stop learning this. your job, though. You are it's building relationships. You are. I, I just you are I implementing beg. legislation. There's a lot that goes. It's into more complicated it. than that. Everybody know it all. Which means new blood. The qualifier. One of the qualifiers should be you should already know it before you get there. Don't don't try to do but something. But they that don't know. They that's don't. That's the, just the a qualifier. Thing. Everybody think they you don't get a degree man. unless you done went this through. This is through. what I do. People come to me all the time. You should run my campaign. You should do this. And I know they don't know nothing about running no campaign. I know they don't know nothing about politics. But they get mad at the alderman because they garbage late or the state rep because they felt like this law should have been passed. They don't understand. It's complicated. It's relationships <laughs> that have to be built. And if you ain't got no money, and I'm not saying And money, you need money, Will. But you have to be a grassroots person, too. It's not and just you money. Need money. You you need a little you Where do the need money some money. From? Here's the Where thing. Unless you are powerful unless you have a lot of grassroots behind you. This is what you're you really powerful. Will you're really asking popular. For twelve years 
Now you got to beg somebody to give you some money. Hey. Then they got to pay you because they don't know nothing. They dumb it's as a box always work They like got to pay you. It's always work like that. I That's see why people reason. are politicians. From George Washington. That's not a good reason. I see why people it are politicians. It has always worked That's like that. That's not a good reason. Uh, and there I'm needs telling to be y'all community. how it works. It ain't. And that's so why our communities are exactly the way they are. A lot, no, our, look, they, they, they are a lot of people exactly think the way that you that can they make, sit up and make a good speech and everybody's supposed to support you and vote for you. If you don't understand what you're doing, it's going to be totally different, man. You don't understand legislation or policy. You trust me, hey, you're going to be lost. So if I you're going to do whatever if, them if people suggest to, nip, to you because you're trying to learn the game. If I know how to nickel and dime right. and shine and cheese and be like, okay, I'm going to do that one for you and you do this one for me. So yes. you're telling me that I need to learn that in order to do for my Poli- community. The, politic means that's what you're, that's to what, represent. Listen to this, folks. That's what politic means. And that's why people represent. do not trust and their people politicians. people need to be able to negotiate. That's exactly why and, people and what do I'm not saying, trust them. Because they're not that. doing a damn thing in their community. I understand that. That's but, why unemployment the is average person got to understand the how it works. West side. But the average person needs to understand how it works before they want to jump out here in office. You have to be a community person. A lot of people jumping out want to run for office. They ain't no community person. They just feel like I look good. I can wear a nice suit. I can get out up on stage and say a few things. No, it's much more. It's complicated than that. And if you ain't got no money to pay no office workers, look no staff. No, because no, 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 no. we're going to talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. It's, about, it's not about money per se, but you nobody's going to work some for money free. To pay you will. If you're a campaign manager, you nine times out of ten ain't going to work for nothing. If you're a secretary, if you're a publicist, if you're a speechwriter, if you're a canvasser, people, you're not going to go out there and just knock on doors for nothing. You're not going to do that. So, you got to give them something. you got to feed them. You need to pay them a little something. Running campaigns is complicated, and, and people don't understand. If you got a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, that's a good start. But understand this: if you're running against an incumbent and that person has been in that seat for a while, you your two hundred thousand, he'll trump your two hundred thousand by three or four hundred thousand because he can get that cash easily. Okay, so make sure you want to run for office because I run into all these people want to run for office. So bringing us back to the original point, so Kendall (laughs) is saying, you know, there needs to be a limit. But it sounds like from this conversation, there's not enough people to replace the people that Kendall would like to replace. They either don't have enough money, they don't have the qualifications because they don't have the background. So and then they don't have the power to come in and off. Okay, so the answer your question, I'm not going to ever say it's impossible. It's not impossible, but the problem is black people don't vote. We don't want to vote. Let's leave them alone right now. No, let's, we're let's talking stay, about them. About we, talk, we don't want to vote. See, this is why we needed our guests earlier because black we people We complain. Don't vote. We sit on the couch and we complain. But we don't go to them voting booths, okay? We can. We, we be the main ones at no, the booths. No, we don't. Waiting in line. Oh, my God. No, we don't. Oh, black no, women. Oh, black oh, women oh, at the booth. I black women at the booth. You, you know how many, know where the black men you know, at the booth. You know how many people black voted in the, the last election? 75% of them did not vote in the runoff. But you voted the first time, but you didn't feel free to vote in the second time. So now everybody think they can attack the mayor who's here now. She won legitimately. She, you didn't vote. If you have a problem with her now, well, I mean, you put it in there. What's the problem? When when the last mayor was here, y'all didn't get off your ass and vote. It's the truth. A lot of people didn't vote. They said, oh, well, I don't care. I, it don't matter. Uh, so, I mean, look, 
we have to see. That's why it was important that we we talk to Tasha. Cole. No, no, it's right. right. We no, we're gonna bring her back. Right we're gonna bring her back. We black girls matter makes the difference. All right, uh, listen. When we get, I, I got to take a break. When we get back, uh, I got to go to the phone lines. Ryan, Jay, Eric, that's oh, right. Cordelia, <laughs> all of y'all. We we come. We're back in a moment. Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the next generation. No, Will, it's not, a, it's not about how many points I got. It's not about how many uh, points. No, right, right. But no, no, but it ain't no point. There needs to be a term limit. Look, Will, Will dismiss term limits. Term limits. The people who should be replacing. Anybody who needs to be running. Tell you. No, no, here's the thing. Sandy, you don't need to, you don't need to have money to, to have some sense about yourself. But term limits will actually help with the BS and all of it. Man, you got, you got, you know antiquated, you got antiquated people you know in office. Will? Limits will do it. I'll prove it to you. You know what term limits will do? What would they do, Will? Term limits will help them make a, de- a bad deal faster. It's just like Daly. He knew his ass was going to get out of office. Oh, damn. That's on. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines. I can't do it. It's I, a kid on the radio. No, no, no. No, no, we on the radio. Eric, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. My career is doomed. Melody, I need a job. <laughs> All right, Eric, we ain't got you. All right. Span, I need a job. Ryan, how you doing? Okay. Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Hello? Yeah, Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, thank you so much, Kendall. Uh, you said you got listeners in Mississippi, so you can add Virginia to that list now. Oh, thank all you right, very thank much. You. Right. Thank you. <laughs> okay, but, well, you know, all of you making a great point. Mrs. Smith is not going to Washington anymore. All these people running for office, they have a hidden agenda. A lot of times they got businesses behind them yep. that encourage them to run for office, and when they get into office, they, they forget about the citizens. And they just do stuff for businesses and, and then businessmen. And the problem is that we as citizens, we don't hold them accountable. You know, Mitch McConnell, for example, when he went around for office, his net worth was $200,000. Right now, he's nearly $1 billion net worth. Mm. Ryan, that, thank that, Ryan, did you. Ryan, that, that's, that's a problem. That's it, it. We don't huge. hold them accountable. Huge. And, 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 like, and like the other person said, it's a beauty contest. If you got good hair, you will win. Everybody votes for you because you look good, but not because you're trying to do something for them. And that's a shame. It shouldn't be. We're talking about people's lives, not a beauty contest. Ryan, thank you so very much. I appreciate you. Let's go to Jay. Jay, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I want to say um, I've never been an elected official, but I have worked for companies where people have been there for years. Um, I don't know what the term limit would be, eight years, 12 years, uh, but I think sometimes uh, when people are in too long, they develop too many relationships. Man, say that. They develop relationships with too many businesses, too many other elected officials. So if you come in and you're new and you're not uh, following their game, you're not listening to them, then they'll make sure they won't vote for anything you're trying to get past in your community. That's why, you know, I think... uh, I'm thinking about uh, calling somebody about uh, where I'm living now. I just moved in this area. I'm actually from uh, Oak Park and West Side. Uh, I'm on the south side now. Uh, the well, side you need to come home, brother. You up. need to come home. The sidewalk is... <laughs> I, I mean, West Side you know, will. You need to come on home, brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but like I think it's an issue of too many relationships when you're in too long, and then that's when the politics get real thick. AJ, AJ thanks a lot, man. You know what? And you, I agree with that's you. A great uh, point. Because absolute power corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Eric, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Yeah, how you doing? Um, I just want to say that um, I, I hear this talk about we don't know who we are. That's absolute nonsense. We definitely know who we are. And see, the thing is, is that if we keep talking about we don't know who we are, then we're falling for the okie doke. First of all, the oppressor is definitely trying to keep us distracted as far as the school, we're being miseducated, the church, we're being misrepresented, uh, and then the, uh, at the as with the medical, the doctor, we're being misdiagnosed. Now, I noticed that I keep hearing everything keep coming back to the same thing. It's economics. If we do not do for ourselves, then we, we ain't going to have no money, period. And if you don't have no money, you cannot support a politician that's running for office. So if a politician's running for office and if, a, and, and if we ain't got no money, then that means that politician is is vulnerable to be corrupted by somebody else. Mm. And then as far as time limits, the, the power in the people, if, if we put somebody in office that they ain't doing what they got to be doing, we just remove them. We just, we just simply removed it. Eric, thank you so very much. I appreciate that. I got to let you go. I got too many callers on the line. So here's the thing that I want to say to that. And, again, I will go back. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Number two, and I'm, I'm telling the truth, and you can Google this and look it up. You got one or two black people who have enough money to back any black candidate at a substantial amount of money. Most of the black people who are in office right now, and I'm speaking very comprehensively right now, but I am speaking facts. White people are backing them. They got white people money that they're using. And if they got white people money that they are using, that's who controls them. To his point. That is who controls them. So I don't care who you are, mm -hmm. what seat you sit in, or what you are doing. You got to kiss the ring. Term limits are necessary. Look, I, I, here's an example. I forget. But term limits not going to solve the problem because, look, then what the same white folks will just bring in somebody well, the else. The reason that I say term limits will solve the problem is because they're going to have to spread that money out and they're going to have to find it's somebody else. It's not going to solve the problem. And, and I think that it it's would. It's just going to allow they, a person they at least need to initiate more bad legislation. They're not going to sit in that seat. Period. And money buys the seats. But what it's going to do is allow that person who only has two more years left to initiate more bad legislation, like the parking meters. Okay, everybody complaining about them parking meters. 75 years. How many more years we got left on them parking meters? Maybe 65 now. But understand, when you was getting ready to leave office, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. When you was getting ready to leave office, you had everybody sign pass this bill, this legislation for these parking meters. Now it's 65 years, we have to go until it's up. Okay? So the thing is, it does not work because what's going to happen is a person will just speed up the process of what they need to do before they get out of office. Once well, I know that I only have point, a year left, I'm going to make more bad decisions but to your that's going to affect you. I, Everybody you, not leaving you office at, at the same me. time. Okay, but you're talking about term limits. So exactly. what I'm saying is still that person has an opportunity Everybody to sign on to something. Time. You really have to give that to the community and let the community make the decision. They don't like the person. They need to elect somebody else because I'm telling 
telling you it's reckless. And there's been studies done on uh, term limits. It's not what you think it is. You think, okay, he's just in there for four years. Okay, but them last years, that last two, two years, that one year, that person can sign any bill that comes there, and you don't know what's behind that bill. You don't know what smoke-filled room he cut a deal in and what that person did. So the thing is, that's very dangerous. Term so you, limits are not always the thing. You have obviously, you, you're obviously for term limits, and I get it. It's but, just but because I have, I, I'm not for it. I'm not for term limits because I'm saying what 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 can happen. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. But what I'm saying was was it, you it, you can't really get the result that you're looking for from that. Will, Everybody thinks you can, but it's not. I'll you. just find somebody Which else. Is why? If Sandra is leaving, I'll just get Netta. Netta'll step right so in there. She'll back pick up with Sandra. So now we're back to nepotism. Maybe, but I got maybe, what I need. It's an absolute. That's what I'm so telling it's you. Not, it's not. It's not. Maybe it's an absolute. So now we're back to nepotism. And then again, you know, the, I don't see. Look, nepotism is prevalent we, in everything. But, but in every we're, institution but talking to is prevalent in, in business. Is prevalent in politics. In you know who the first person to practice look nepotism? Look at the communities right the now. The first person. Look at the could, communities. Who could literally look practice nepotism? Was Benjamin Franklin. Look at the longest Benjamin Franklin hired his nephew. Alderman. But who kept them? Benjamin Franklin hired his nephew. They kept themselves there. How do they keep themselves there? So we don't have the power? People vote for them. No, no. Let me tell you how they keep themselves there. Because when it's time for turkey season, they get turkeys. When uh, if, If I'm one of the chiefs of the vice lords, then guess what? I'm gonna make sure grassroots. Grassroots. Then I'm gonna make sure that his his daughter get a job. That's grassroots. And then I'm gonna make sure that all of, uh, all of the buddies that they uh, that they vote for that person. I'm about the uh, the senior citizen home. Uh, you, that's how they continue to stay. And you're not gonna vote. You, you, we're gonna make sure that you don't vote. All you need is a certain amount of people to not vote and for for you to win. Hell, there's countless <laughs> examples of of aldermen winning. With twenty five hundred damn votes, so that's the because problem, the people not you know voting. What I'm saying? So they, they, the problem so isn't term limits. Then the problem the is voting. It is term limits as well. Term limits not going to solve the problem. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. How you doing, uh, uh, Cordelia? Is that it? Yes. Hey, Miss Cordelia. How are you? All right. Well, good evening to your panel and the other people there. Mm-hmm. I would like to say. How long was John Lewis in office? What did John Lewis bring for his community? If you're talking about Chicago, we have Danny Davis there. Okay, and my whole thing is, who determines what Danny has done for his community? Not you, Kendall. You don't live there. So don't talk about term limits. Look at what John Lewis did. And if you go back, check Danny's record. Does that make sense to you? It does. And please stay here with me real quick so I can respond to you. John Lewis is absolutely, uh, he's an excellent example of the work that he has done. But there are countless people, especially our governors here in the state of Illinois, just to name a few, and aldermen who are incarcerated or have been uh, discredited because of the work that they have done. Now, speaking of Danny Davis, no, I don't live there anymore. But, yes, I used to. And, yes, I have family members who absolutely live in his district. And, yeah, if I wanted to, I really could go through point one, point two, point three, point four, point five to what he has not done, but I support Danny for what he has done. So I'm not trying to, I'm not putting shade on them, but I am, I'm, I'm merely pointing out facts that there needs to be term limits. Danny needs to retire if you really want to know the truth since you're asking the question. Yes, I he does. I have one other thing to say. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. The only person that I would see that's in the Illinois 
vicinity right now, there's two people. That's uh, the one, the the white fellow, I can't even think of his name because you've taken that away from me. And the girl, it's a woman there. And they're trying to push her for to be the vice president with Biden. Hmm. Uh, Do you know who my Susan Rice? Uh, Stacey Abrams? Susan Rice. No, it's not. No, this is a white woman. And she's oh, Duck, Tammy Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth. Yeah, Tammy Duckworth does not need that job. I agree with you. I'm okay, not disagreeing now, with you Duckworth on that. Duckworth has done nothing for the black community. I agree with you on that. I, I completely agree. But my whole thing is... Don't go talking about term limits when we get the goods, the goods come back to us in Illinois because of Congressman Danny Davis. All right. Thank you, Ms. Alcadir. I certainly appreciate that. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. All right. All right. So I don't know how we got on term limits, but we're on term limits. I Listen, there needs to be term limits, period. Term limits are Period. a bad idea. Because here's the thing. Like I told you, if I only have a year left, that makes me more prone to to uh, look. That makes me more prone to making a bad deal. If I know that my constituency is solid and they might, and the possibility of them vote reelecting me is strong, I won't be so quick to make a bad deal. Because, And I'm not saying this is somebody who is a, might be a bad politician, a bad public servant. But I'm just saying, if it's a good public servant and the people love him or her, then why not let them stay? For the presidency, I understand that because after FDR died in office, he was in office for 12 years, less than 12 years. He died in office, and they didn't want to establish a monarchy. So that's when they changed well, we're talking, it to eight years. Are you years. talking about the FD yeah, or are we talking uh, about Truman? Because Truman is the longest-serving president in the United States the, history. No, not Truman. No, yes, you're talking is. about Franklin Deano Roosevelt. He was elected. He, Will, he, yeah. Truman was the longest-serving Harry president. Harry S. Truman? Yes. He, if, he came, he, he was the vice the, president under Franklin Roosevelt. And, and then he, he served, served until 1955. He was the longest-serving president he, in United yes, States Yes, that's history. right. But he, he, he took over after Franklin Deanna Roosevelt died in office. So, yes, he was the vice president at the time. So, yes, he is the longest-serving. But you got to understand, those two or three years that he was in office was because he took over his vice president for Franklin Deanna Roosevelt. Franklin Deanna Roosevelt, I believe, is the longest-serving president. Uh, Truman is. If you disagreed and said that he I'm telling you over, why he is, though. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you legitimately. You know, but, so legitimate. but Franklin Deanna Roosevelt was in there three terms, but he died his third term. Which means Truman took over as president right. Right. and won consecutively. Right. But, but after and made Truman, him that's when the they made But after Truman, after, after Truman or FDR, I have to. Be, it was after one of these presidents. And remember, one was the president, one was the vice president. That's when they changed it to eight years. They didn't want to turn it into a monarchy. It was after Truman. All right. All right. All right. I accept that. Say that again. See, 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 he tried to tell the man, this is what I do, man. This is what I do. How's it FDR? FDR spent four years in office. Four terms. Four terms. Four terms. Truman spent the longest in the president's office. So was Truman the vice president? Yes, he spent the longest as the vice president. He was the vice president, but he wasn't. Oh, okay. He was the vice president. He wasn't the main guy, he was number two. So, yeah, he would be there for a long time because after Franklin Deanna, Deanna Roosevelt died, then he took over and, and, and then Harry S. Not Harry S. Truman, but Eisenhower came after him. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> and Harry S. Truman is actually one of the people I would have liked to sit down and meet. 
because he was uh, oh really uh, he did a lot to Everybody kick off the civil rights. I, I don't even know he how kicked it. off the civil rights movement with with just the small things. He was a good old boy from the south, but he and knew, calling people all type of ninjas. But he knew. He knew he had to change, especially when it came to dealing with people uh, oh, with African-Americans was coming along and, and dealing with his people from the South. Yeah, he was actually a very interesting person, and he realized he had to change things. He actually went to the U.N. Uh, for something uh, con- con- concerning the civil rights. Who was Roosevelt's um, <clears throat> vice president? Who was that, that, was that man guy? What's, Roosevelt. The, no, no, who was the guy who uh, they, they look was, over? Um, Harry S. Truman. It was the Chicago Convention. They were trying to get him to become the vice president, and then the mob bosses did what they oh, did. Oh, you're talking about in the 60s, though. You're talking about the 60s. You're talking about under uh, 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 who passed the Civil Rights Bill, no. Lyndon B. Johnson, right? No, 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 no. Let's take a no, no, we ain't, It ain't time to take a break. I'm talking and about. L.A. Stevenson was running for president. He lost against Nixon. And that convention was really big in the 19th. Let me look it up. Real Richard quick. Daly was actually there, and if you watch it, you can see all the film, and you can see Richard Daly, young Richard Daly, behind him with his father. Man, it's really interesting. All right, let's stay here. Let's go to the phone lines. Camille, how you doing? Look at the team. The team sitting around like, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm well, sorry, well, ladies. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Miss Camille. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Good evening. Yeah. Um, FDR was elected. Four times, but he died early in his fourth term. Mm-hmm. Right. So he was elected to the presidency and served longer than anybody. See, and thank you, Miss Camille. F- and and Tr- Truman finished out his term and then ran on his own and beat Dewey that everybody had predicted Dewey would win, mm-hmm. and he and he won outright his four years. He did not run. He did not seek. Um, a second full term on his own because he could have run again. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he chose not to. Got you. Because his, and his, his, his ratings were actually, at the time, his approval was, like, really, really low. But, you know, over time, he has been, like, regarded as, not like, one of the better president that we've had because he's the one who integrated the armed forces. Exactly. Harry S. Truman. That's right. Right. He integrated the armed forces and Adlai Stevenson lost to uh, Eisenhower. He lost to Eisenhower. Exactly. And he ran again Mm -hmm. 10 years later and he lost to Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ms. Camille. I appreciate that. All righty. L. Stanley Davis. Welcome to the show. Ah, uh, hello there, Kendall. I am afraid to inform you that uh, Will is correct. Listen, you're like the fourth person who has corrected me. Right, right. This is what I do, man. Don't you hate it when when novice come in try to tell you what you do? You know what I'm saying? Try to tell you what you do. Yeah, no. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was the was the president. That brought this country out of the Great Depression. <laughs> he introduced Social Security. He uh, he also created the work. He put this country back to work. And yes, if he had not died in office, or, and he was elected three consecutive times, mm-hmm. if he had not died, he would have served sixteen years. Yep. He put together the New Deal. That's what everybody's yes, talking about. He put about, the New Deal. That's right. And Social Security, we're living off of Social Security because of him. That's right. And he put a lot of black people back to work. That Tennessee Valley Authority, 
the the road, the the, the railroad that came on. He put the country back to work because the man that preceded him as the president was a do nothing president. He you talk about Harry S. Truman. Harry S. Truman. No, no, no. Harry Truman came. Oh, you talking about who preceded no. him? Yeah, yeah. Who, yes, Hoover. 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 Yep. Herbert Hoover. Yes. Mm-hmm. He did nothing for, yep. and the depression fell upon us, nineteen twenty nine, and it was Roosevelt that turned it around. And so, yes, he would have served four terms if he would have lived. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he had the polio, and that took him out of here. Yep. Yep. All right, L. Stanley Davis. Thank yeah. you. You're the first, the fourth person who have who's corrected me. I stand yeah. corrected. That's why I'm West Side Will. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. All you right, have a good day, right. sir. Hey, be safe. All right, Thank you me. too. All right, all right. So good, good, good history so, lesson. So was Truman his vice president for all of those terms? Was he his vice president for all those no. terms? No, he wasn't. No. So how many years was he actually in office as vice president? I think or as I, president? I think just that 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 third term, and then once he died, so six about six years. I was trying to help you, Kendall. I can't even. No, I can't even make the years. I'm sorry, I can't think of the name of the yeah, second yeah. vice president, the first vice president. But yeah, he was. He was a, a very popular president at that time. But after FDR died, that's when they implemented. The, they didn't want to make it into a monarchy that you just continue to win and be president because they felt the same way a lot of people feel in the black community today, that you just vote for the person just to vote for them. So they said the term limit. We'll give you an eight-year term limit. And, 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 and that's what happened. And I agree with them. Term limits. <laughs> but, you know, on that on that executive level, yeah, I do agree with term limits. But I think for a president, to an extent, they should extend it to 12 you know, especially because, look, here's the thing. Obama did eight years, and you're starting to see after his, his, his second term, you really start to see the prosperity that black people began to, other people, period, the, the economy, period, began to pick up. But now but he's gone. Now he's gone, so the, the guy there now takes the credit. I feel like you can redeem it takes yourself. You, it takes you four years like to get years. to know someone. You can it re- takes you four years for uh, your relationships. It does. It's complicated. Will, you can it takes you man, eight no. years. It takes Will, you the I other four terms. You on them Mo, if you look at most yeah, presidents, a lot of them, unless the uh, unless the, uh, the the Congress and the Senate is is like their party or whatever and in, totally in agreement with them, it basically takes a president by his second term to really do something monumental. And if he does something monu- monumentally horrible, yes. I feel like you can recover from eight years of horribleness, but 12 years? I, I just That's just my personal years, opinion, but it's been, it's been talked to people about. Can you imagine 12 years under this Eight years sometimes is not enough. I think 12 is good, especially if it's a, it's a, a good uh, the president has did something and it, the recovery is coming. You want to give that person that credit rather than somebody comes in and they take credit for it. And you Who know they don't have the credit. credit. credit for it. I'm, I'm, it's not what it is. I promise you. Because y'all. it could term, be deceitful. I, I, I'm still with term limits. I'm, I'm with you. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I'm with you, too. I, I, can't, I just don't think four years. I can't say I'm no, either. I, I really look, in the state of Virginia, to be governor, you only get four years. Period. That's it. One term. To be a governor in, in the state of Virginia, yeah, on four years. Douglas Wilder was our, uh, he, he was the uh, governor of Virginia, a black man in the 80s, and he only did four years. Yeah. 
And that's why I'm with that. Because term <laughs> wait, he was wait, a good what governor. Was, what was the agenda for the lit? <laughs> no, right. How did we get here? How did we get here? I don't know. I don't know. Nobody's supposed to be here. I'm just saying, <laughs> term limits don't really matter. What I'm really saying is we just got to get up off our bus and vote. And we have to be more involved. Vote these people out. We have to be more involved time. in our community. Get out in your community. You know, stop. Going to every party and watching all the housewives on TV, man. Come on. Go to a community meeting. Get to learn and know these people. Read the paper. Stop reading the sports page. I know this sounds, uh, but stop reading the sports page. Read policy and what's going on in the paper. Read, read the editorials. Read what's going on in, in the legislature. You know, what's going, down, what's going on down in City Hall, man. We got to do more. That's how we get... Uh, re-involved back into our community then you know who's representing you then if you don't like them you know you know what you gotta do but a, a lot of times we don't do that we don't do that and that's that's my challenge to my community the black community okay be involved all right Yep. All right, note. so as we get ready to wrap up, this is 56 minutes. We're getting ready to wrap up. Um, and we didn't talk about Kanye. But we did uh, touch on touch on mental health just a little bit. No, but no. we weren't supposed to talk about Kanye tonight. Yeah. So. Well, let me just say he needs to stay with that woman. She got five kids by him. Look here. I don't She's bringing up a whole other topic at the end. <laughs> oh, right. It's going to go. We only got time, I know you time, time to go. go. That's my oh. opinion. He needs to stay with her. We can't even talk. Now you want to get back to the end. We can't even talk about that. You got five kids by a woman. Now you better leave Come on, man. We can't even get into You a billionaire now. You was almost broke four years ago. Now you ready to leave. You got five kids. You ain't going to have no money, man. She's not going nowhere, though. She already said it, though. Because they really know that he's he's suffering from mental health. Yeah, yeah. He really is. And she a lawyer now. Now, she a lawyer. She going to rape you, brother. Oh, she a lawyer. No. She's not trying to, though, Will. Uh, okay. I mean, she had they her own never, money. They ain't she never trying. Yeah. They exactly. ain't never trying. She, she Y'all got, ain't never trying. <laughs> According to him, she just crossed over billionaire status herself. I mean, I'm saying. Exactly. But she look, already had a bag. A woman scorned, and y'all know this, okay? A woman scorned don't care. She'll kill you. The dog, she's burn not, the house no, she's down. Not trying to she's do not calling by. Not trying to she do that. She's going to mental health right. suicide. Don't do it, Kanye. Stay with her, man. Stay with her. <laughs> it's too late. Save yourself. It's too late to redeem this conversation. Save yourself, man. No, no. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Don't do it, Kate. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. It went way left. Don't it, do it, look, Y'all were just looking at us like, what is it wrong went, with It went that? beyond left. We're like intergalactic right now. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Don't be listening to all them haters because them same well, no, guys tell you leave your wife. I don't think the conversation. They're going to be the ones asking out for a date. I think the focus really date. should be on his mental, mental health. Them same guys that tell Bump him to, lose his wa- to, you, to leave his wife is going to be the first ones asking out for a date. Stay with your woman. She fine, man. Don't, I don't That's, care the what That's the reason? That's the reason? She got five. You got five kids by. She fine, Tell man. Tell me. Can Stay you cue the music? Well, at least cut his mic off. One. One. Cue. No, I'm not saying. We're on fire tonight. I'm just don't saying. Do not do that. I'm just saying. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Ryan Fest. But that's not Call your boy. That's not the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that isn't, though. Kim Kim is there. She said she's there for I the hope for That's the all ride. I'm saying. Don't, I saw Dr. Phil don't today. Be foolish. He was on uh, TMZ and he was saying that uh, Kanye was, uh, uh, Kim was going to be supporting Kanye. All right, all right. I mean, Pretty I should hope your, your yeah, spouse would support. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's better what a spouse should do, right? But yeah. sometimes you get people in your ear, man. You start listening to them people in the ear. People like, people like you. Right. <laughs> people like you. I'm telling him to stay with her. I'm telling him to stay with her. You telling him to stay with her? She needs to stay with her. 
You got five kids. Well, I'm the one with the mental challenge, and you telling me to stay with myself. Oh no, no, no! I'm, I'm telling Kanye to stay <laughs> no, with him. No, but I'm saying no. But I'm saying he's the one. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> Listen, thank you, everybody. Yeah, man, wanna, I'm uh, just saying. Uh, thank you, Dr. Bill. Certainly appreciate you too. Uh, 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 mm-hmm. uh, Generation Radio. Brown. <laughs> Nuisance. Nuisance. I'm, I'm Nuisance. thinking. Of, I'm thinking of Nuisance. Nuisance. Yes. Yes. Uh, Dr. Bell. Dr. Bell. Yes. And everybody else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Put everybody else. Room. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> so dope, Sandy. See y'all on the flip side. All right. Uh, thank you, Nye Fire. Fire Nye. Isaiah. Westside Will. Smokey Robinson. Gang bang. <laughs> Till next time, and as always, Church and Tabernacle. Generation Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WVON AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it. What's it?